Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This week I brought back Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast and the Dynasty Grind that he does with me and Dynasty Outhouse. A lot of dynasties in that sentence. Uh, every Wednesday at 9.30 live. Um, just been way too long since I had Zach on the crossroads. So we fixed Dynasty. We set the world to rights and described, you know, exactly how to play Dynasty, basically. It was fun. I, I thought it came out to be a really good episode. I did have to cut his explanation of what's going wrong or right this week, turns out, with Juju. Um, maybe I'll do a separate midweek episode or something. But I had, uh, you know, got to get it down to that 30 minutes so as not to waste your time. And let you know what to expect every week. Uh, but yeah, ho- really hope you enjoy the conversation. Let me know what you think. And I will see you again in, in a few seconds after the intro. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. No, but uh, yeah, uh, welcome to the Crossroads. Who are you? What, what do you do? Actually, at this point, I don't even know. Because you don't make podcasts no more. They don't it's, roll out. I get told there's a new one coming, and it doesn't come. It's, it's, I'm just, I, I am a professional tease, Peter. I am, I am Zachary <laughs> at Tacit Assassin 13, professional tease. Uh, we've been, we've been teasing the Dynasty Dummies show. Uh, uh, we're in, are we, is this week? six are we week six or are we week five we're I, heading I, to I, week six man five weeks have gone by yeah so 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 we've been we've been shining it on for five weeks now pretending like you're gonna get a new episode pretending like you're gonna get a new parody song open uh i man i got one in the can i got one in the can right now right. with uh with bailey zappy that i'm excited about but but yeah mostly i'm the guy on the couch peter for you on the Dynasty Grind, on the DLF family of YouTube videos? Is that a thing? They, they haven't told me how to introduce that one, so I just keep <laughs> making it up every week. It's pretty awesome. Actually, I have to come up with a new intro in like an hour, so that'd be fun. Because um, I put a lot of effort into them. You can tell, right? On live, <laughs> you can tell there's a lot of thought that's gone into those. Uh, yeah, um, how do you play fantasy? I, it's kind of the subject of the crossroads lately. But it's too broad a question, so we normally ask about something going on right now or relative to right now and, and try to figure it out from there. So since you're not working on anything, it's hard to know where to start. You're not doing <laughs> weekly start sits. You're not deeply into the depth of tight end target. Do you watch tape during the season? Uh, not a lot. I'd like I'll I'll watch games and like you asked me to watch Juju Smith Schuster, so I went back and watched a little Juju. But but normally in season, Peter, I am the the psychology guy. I'm the I'm the the pale imitation of Leo Pasiga, and pay attention to your league mates and and try to figure out advantages that way. Um, and and you and I kind of crossed paths a couple of weeks ago where you were looking for players who you thought would break into the top 12 who are out of it. And you were trying to do that identification. And I was coming at it from the other direction, looking at the top 12 and realizing that by week four, the end of week four. So like now we already know 60% of, you know, seven out of 12 of the, of the top 12 of, of running backs and wide receivers, and how they'll finish and so like it was interesting to me to to read your stuff identifying the players who are going to get in 
while I'm looking at the players I think are going to stay in and, and watching that, like as a trajectory, if I am competitive, I'm looking at all of those players. If Mm. I am a rebuilder or if I'm looking to gain value, I'm looking at what your, you know, the players who are up and coming and, and trying to figure out which of my league mates I can exploit. So that's, that's what I'm doing in season is, really watching the I, I do a lot of Twitter watching I do a lot of trying to figure out who is going to be the next micro market that next explosion that next player that I can get before uh, everybody else is excited about them and then trade them when they are that sort that's, of thing that's cool uh, and yeah we've <laughs> talked about that a lot in the grind because it's useless to pretend that we don't speak together for three hours at a time <laughs> normally um it's a little deceptive, though. Something I was writing up for the article series this week is pointing out, which I do, but I think people skip it. So I'm going to elongate it here a little bit. Um, we've got five weeks of data. Since 2018, 73% of wide receivers who, to this point in the season, have averaged greater than the positional average in points per game finish as top 12 wide receivers. And that's what I think you're referring to. Yeah. But something I was alliterating once again for my article series is that's 26 players by week five since 2018. So there's really only four or five in an individual season that are crossing that line. And right now we have four players that are over and the positional average at this point is set at 20. Like it's really high. Mm. So we've had four wide receivers and we know that 73% of them finish as top 12 players over the last four years or so. But even that gives you wiggle room. You've got like a nice 30% wiggle room where Tyreek Hill is currently one of those players. And we know Tua Tungavailoa's starts are questionable right now because of the injuries and the concussion concerns. So he could fall out if the team continues to underperform with him. Now, what I also had to write up is those four players really have no obvious concerns because outside of context like that, Right. And, and guessing the future, there's no di- there's no data answer I have to these are the four players. They're all about as efficient as they should be. They will have the volume that if it maintains, they will finish in the top 12. But it still does mean some of those players fail. And when you're looking at the top 12 right now, especially this year, all wide receivers are basically efficient. So betting against efficiency is a little tough. And, and so instead, you've got players like Marcus Brown, who I love and I think should again, based on his volume, maintain top 12 production. But he was also doing that through week five last year. Tyler Lockett, we've seen do this in smaller samples as well, because we know he's a good player. Um, So we know, also know, we know what we don't know. We know there's, you know, 30% even of those top four, 60% of the top 12 right now probably aren't going to finish there, and everyone else is questionable. And the article series is rooting out those that finish in the top 12. Now, some of that is because of injuries, which is something we're just not touching because I don't think I can predict it, obviously, both to them and their depth chart. But we do know to follow volume in general. And so we've had a list, honestly, since week two, but really since week three, we've had a list of about four players who really seem to be having more top 12 volume who aren't finishing there. So we think they could rise. And so far, I mean, Marcus Brown started out as one and he's been in the top 12 for the last two weeks. So it it does have some signal. And the others are Cortland Sutton, who's been flirting with the top 12, and I think now is in it. So he seems to be another one that got in there, even though we made a really early prediction. Uh, But the other two from that week three list are looking really shaky. And that's Deontay Johnson 
and Brandon Cooks. Now, I've recently taken Brandon Cooks off the list in this week's article because his volume of the last three weeks has just dropped. It's just not there in Houston anymore. But Deontay Johnson's volume, even if his points, is still there. And since then, we've also had two, two other players to the search. Unfortunately, they're not dynasty surprises. They're like people, they're, they're players that already everyone value. DK Metcalf and Jamar Chase. Like, no one's really, you know, there's no value there. (laughs) But Deontay Johnson and Sutton continue to offer interesting bets, which underlines to me, again, this is an interview podcast, if you can't tell, um, that the problem with 2022 are the best players to go and get if you don't have them for their potential upside are old and probably aren't going to be drafted too much higher in August, even if they hit. So, yeah, there, there are words. What do you think of those words? No, I, I, I like that, and but I think that I think that the way you exploit that is, and and if you if you will allow me the liberty to 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 quote Linda at Lindellians, uh, you know Linda uh, on on Twitter. I've heard of Lindellians, yeah. Saying Dynasty is funny because as soon as someone plays poorly, everyone is like buy the dip, but as soon as someone is good, it's sell, sell, sell. And I think what we're doing here is saying that the players that are potentially uh, increasing their production are not necessarily players that will increase in dynasty value because they're older, which means you have this really unique opportunity. If you're a competing team and you can identify some of those players, Peter, that you like that you just mentioned, the the Deontay Johnsons and and the the cooks and the players that you think are although you said cooks is is on the down the downtrend but but the players are still getting that volume that are starting to be too old for we play dynasty a little bit uh like leonardo dicaprio dates where like as soon as soon as they hit 24 we're like oh wow we should be looking for the next youngest and and so there's a there's a unique opportunity for competing teams to acquire players who score points because that's a thing that really is in dynasty like acquiring points players exist? to score that's points weird. it's that's weird. Uh, yeah like w- winning is good points are good there is a time there is a, a roster construction where points are detrimental to what you're trying to do but if you have built a good roster if you have built a team that is competing points are a good thing because winning ends up if you're if you're in a league where you're you're paying and if you're listening to this show you're probably in a league where there is a little bit of money on the line i mean you're you're in pretty deep if you're here with with you know the dynasty crossroads winning is a good thing you, you get your your buy in back you get more than your buy in back if you if you win you pay for another couple of years and you can continue on like so that like I think we lose that a little bit. You start listening to hot takes. You start listening to people say, you know, oh, when as soon as as soon as Jamar Chase or as soon as Justin Jefferson get to the pinnacle, that wide receiver one sell them. Well, okay, but then you're just kicking the can down the road, kicking the. Can. Eventually, you need to score points to win games to win I never heard such crazy your league honestly, I know it's I'm, 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 I'm disappointed you're bringing this we, come to my podcast and you sell the idea of winning I don't we are I don't we are breaking new ground in dynasty fantasy football points 
are good in the season. Well, let me try and throw some more wrenches to this radical idea you're throwing. <laughs> um, because there are. I do think that's why this is a bad dynasty year. And I could be wrong. I'm trying to get better. I try to improve the process. So broad dynasty theory, the thing I keep going to, or the quote I keep going back to to explain it, what I think is the dynasty formula, is Adam Harstead saying that as long as ADP or value correlates to points, as long as you're adding value, you eventually win. Yeah. And it's mathematically true. And also it works. I mean, he's actively playing and tracks his results. And I think most of the good dynasty players I know intrinsically know this. This is why we like youth. It's not because we're idiots who don't like old players. It's because value follows points. Right. But putting the two together, the two realities together, that means typically in dynasty, the players you want to trade for right now, the ones that should have more value later rather than now are just off the top of my head looking at my spreadsheet Jalen Waddle struggling right now yep but he should be valued higher this he was valued very highly this offseason I think there was a little wiggle room in it and the start of the season really seemed to show us why Devontae Smith caught CD Lamb who's hitting the top 12 and was on yeah. our list by the way um Rashad Bateman's a great one underperforming but for understandable reasons and we've seen the talent displayed so often both in college and in the NFL and it seems undeniable right now. But again, applying the two formulas, points versus value, the reason we hunt value in Dynasty is because one, there's more ways to attack it. It's yeah. a little bit more predictable, like your psychology methods, and also um, Adam chasing likely performance and career arcs is um, one of the many ways that he attacks it. I'm sure they're just the two I'm throwing out because they came to me off the top of my head. Um, that means those players should because value and value correlates to points, score more points later. But the players we're highlighting are instead Cortland Sutton and maybe Marcus Brown, who I like a lot. And Devontae Adams right now correlates to points really well. And so, and, and the previous list I gave. So that to me equates to a bad dynasty year because what I think I meant to do is trade into Waddle, trade into Smith, trade into Elijah Moore, trade into Garrett Wilson, trade into Drake London. These young players who have demonstrated a certain capacity that ADP should rise by next August, but they don't seem to be where the volume is telling us points will come from. And it's this conflicting part of me. Like, <laughs> should I go court trade for Cortland Sutton? Because I only get... And the, th the other thing I don't like about a lot of Dynasty content when I try making some, of my, some versions of my own was we all talk about trading for these players and we pay no attention to the fact you can only trade for so many, not just because of roster limits, but because of value is a thing. Like you right. can say points are good and you do, and you're radical in your approach that way, <laughs> as we have marked. But if you trade for Cortland Sutton, you can't go trade for Jalen Waddle. And I know there's like three players in my audience because they're great who are like, I got 10 first round picks. I can do whatever I like. It's cool. But on average, in most of my leagues, on most teams I see, it's an either or proposition. If you go trade for Cortland Sutton, then you probably are not going to be able to put the value together to get Jalen Waddle in Dynasty. So it is a crossroads. Ah, that's my ah. first official crossroads segue. <laughs> that is the crunch of Dynasty this year. And I don't like it. I don't like it, Zach. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> Fix it. Well, <laughs> so I think for me, you've got to think about value as, and and I know we've talked about this a couple times, and, and I've talked about this on the Dummy Show, but you've got to think about value as not just one concept because there are different types of value. And what you're looking for 
like which type of value really depends largely on on your team. So like, yes, this is a, a terrible year for Dynasty, but it's a good year to be a competitive Dynasty play. Like have your team be competitive because you can get players who are scoring points who whose career value trajectory is on the way down if you think about value as you know the the future projections but their value to you in season is high because they are scoring points now so so we expect players to score points now but tail off because they're older it's the Deontay Johnson oh he's a you know, he's 27 or whatever. And, and so people are starting to get out on him. So the value, you're never going to be able to, to trade for Deontay Johnson now, get the points, and then trade him again and recoup what, what mm. you spent. But what you're gaining is those points. So that to me, that's that's what what is missing with this entire value conversation is you've got value, the the rookie picks the dream value the 23 picks are going to be you know the next Saquon and the next CMC and the next Devontae Adams and the next Jamar Chase and the next we're gonna manifest Jeff. a new yeah. 2017 class so yeah, yeah. so like so like that has value because people think it has that people are dreaming on this class so that's one type of value then you have the the projected out value so that's the Jalen Waddle the the young players that we expect the, the Rashad Bateman the players that we expect to gain value because we expect them to score going forward we expect them to progress we expect them to get better we expect them to to be top 12 wide receivers and so there's that value and then there is the specific season points value which I think is the most undervalued in dynasty by the community. I think a lot of people look at that and go, I don't want Michael Thomas. Like I find the points value remarkably hard to separate from my lean mates at this point, but you are bringing up the other part that we often, I often forget to include, which it is team situation. I mean, if you're not winning, go yeah. for raw ADP instead of points. And I also think, um, despite that being the other, the, the, that's a, that's the time quotient of the Zeno fallacy on the fact that travel isn't possible. Uh, that was too nerdy. No one's going to get that. And, and so sadness an impossible task, but the, the solution is he was ignoring time and right. the time distance and speed triangle exists for a reason without time travel isn't possible because you can't move forward uh, uh, anyway. And the part that asking the question I just was, was leaving out is situation. There's not yeah. one type of value. Time exists in the same way that team situation exists. Absolutely. That was too long. We're no, cutting it, but I find it interesting. You should and, leave that in because it's brilliant, Peter, but it's a, that's exactly it because, because the, the the different types of value don't, don't equate to each situation of your team the same. So, like, if you are a, a non-competitive team, if you're trying to lose, the in-season value doesn't matter to you. You you don't want Brandon Cooks. You don't want Leonard Fournette. The only reason you would want them is if you can get them for cheaper than what you could sell them for. No, no, that's that's it. But like, I just I think that that it gets lost because everybody wants to everybody wants to ask questions 
that are easily answered in a vacuum, like in a vacuum. The, they they want to know, should I do this or should I do that? And, and should I try? Well, we can give you the baseline answer, but without knowing your team and your league and what your situation is, that answer may not actually fit for what you're doing. Like it's, if somebody says, Hey, trade a second for Leonard Fournette. Usually that's like, yeah, you do that. I'll trade a second for Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's going to be a top 12 running back. If your team is 500 points out of, you know, the running and you're Owen five right now, trading a second for Leonard Fournette doesn't help you. It, and and you may not be able to recoup that second, and you're definitely not getting more than a second later for Leonard Fournette because Leonard Fournette is is 28 years old, and it's you know the 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 age cliff and all that all of the the things that we we hear about incessantly in dynasty circles. Like it kills the that second set of value, that projected value that that's non-existent. And so, so the different types of value really affect your team and your mind or should affect your mindset differently, depending on your roster construction and how your team is doing. I also think it's a product of um, trying to play an old game in a new world. It's not like the world's moved on so fast, man. That's not the way things (laughs) work, but I do find a lot of the value conversations and the buy highs and the sell lows, it doesn't work because it used to be, and this is within my time playing fantasy. This isn't like Matthew Barrett used to be able to say, this is Peter Howard used to be able to call people an idiot for not liking Tyler Lockett, for not liking T.Y. Hilton even longer right. ago at his value where he was drafted. Um, and now there aren't so many of those idiot calls. It's not just that rookie metrics have moved on a little bit. It's not just everyone is so plugged in. Is that the dynasty space has increased, and it hasn't increased with the number of an increasingly number of players who know that Leonard Fournette isn't going to be a top twelve running back this year. Like it's actually people who are aware of that. Yeah. Um, and so this old school, there is no one going in the tenth round who is pr- very likely to finish inside the top twelve. It doesn't happen that much anymore. Yeah. The running back. That's why that's increasingly a zero RB mentality because. Running backs always came from nowhere more often because of the nature of the position and where the other edge, it's not so much that that has increased in terms of the NFL. It's more that that's increased in terms of the fantasy game itself. People highlighting running backs late mean that that edge has gotten slimmer, but remains one of the best ones because the wide receiver values of no one will value Tyler Lockett is still locked in. Cause you go and trade for Tyler Lockett right now in my leagues you're still going to find, even though they're old and they're not in the top 12 right now, you're not going to find anyone. Well, you might. And if you do, I mean, if you can get Justin Jefferson for a first, you should do that. But we're at the average for what most, what should be the situation for most teams. Most teams are going to want a first and you're already not winning that old school game. When you do that, the new school game is to hold those value, those points players, at a higher right. value, even if they're ADP falls. Uh, well, I think that's like I think that the 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 dynasty community and the average player who is a dynasty manager now is is getting sharper on that. Like we've realized that the the picks hold value, and and, and, and it's, it's it's very easy to predict when the value of picks is going to go up 
and when it's going to go down a little bit where you can make trades, it's it's pretty easy to predict the in-season, the current year projection, the, the production. But the most fragile, the, the, the least stable is that projecting a player out you know, two, three, four, and but but those are the those are the guys that we want to 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 do that with. And so I think for I think me, that brings me back to my you can only have you can only have so much cake and eat it, eat it too yeah. conversation. Though I mean, I think too many people in the content space are trying to victory lap both. When the truth is, in every league, you can one person can play both ways in different leagues. But I think in right. one league, what most people are looking for advice on, I have a league or I'm looking for advice on this particular league, um, it doesn't work. Because you can't victory lap knowing to buy Rashad Bateman this year, and then if he goes off next year or the year after that, seeing C, because, and say, Cortland Sutton, and say, Michael Thomas, because I really think it's increasingly difficult to play both sides. Yeah, And I think in a league, and that goes back to your team situation, arc, you kind of have it, to have both. The thing is, we know the old players who are losing ADP, to supplant a different word, I'm still going to score points next year. Cortland Sutton might be old, but he's still going to score points next year relative but, to Jalen Waddle. And and so, yeah, you really have to you have to have cake in one league and you have to eat, eat it in another. And the content makes it feel like you should do both in one league. And really, it's a cycle as best you can. Trying to maintain value so you can continually work through this cycle of competitive, not as competitive. It is, and th this is how. So, so this kind of gets into how how I tend to play. Where uh, in my startup draft, like if if we're doing a dynasty startup, I am going to be adding as many of the young. I don't want to say zero RB because it's it's not a true zero RB. It's hard to build zero RB in in dynasty. That's really more of a redraft concept. It's, it's even better in a best ball setting but like so but what i what i tend to do is start off with as many of those young already proven wide receivers so again it's the it's the guys who are up at the top it's the chase it's the jefferson it's the aj brown it's i think waddle is that guy even though he's i think he's so, struggled yeah. he's got, got a groin injury like and then uh, if if i do well with that startup with that zero rb startup great if i don't then i'm starting to draft Running backs because well I say running backs it's it's best player available but breaking ties to running backs because running backs tend to although this past couple of years have been proving me wrong running backs tend to get on the field quicker uh, accrue the the projected value quicker which means that I can then go and trade them for more of those young proven wide receivers and picks and so. I'll do that and eventually identify a class. 2023 is a, is a nice one that we talked about before I did shows with, when, with Kyle, when, when we first started and we'd identified 2017 and that was the class that I was trying to get into. And so I, I try to get, you know, four or five or six picks in the first round of a class I identify. And then all of a sudden you can really make some hay. You can draft a couple of those running backs. You can draft a couple of those dart throw receivers I tend to, if I'm playing in one quarterback leagues, take shots in the second round because I don't care about second round picks. Take shots in the second round on running quarterbacks. So 
it was it was Josh Allen, it was Mahomes, it was Lamar Jackson, it was Jalen Hurts, and not saying that that like I have a, a magic bullet to predict these guys because quarterback is impossible to evaluate. Running is easy to figure out, and so you're looking at the the quarterbacks who have mobility that should have a starting job and and throwing darts at them. If it's a a two quarterback or super flex league, those second and third round picks, I'm taking shots at the really athletic upside tight ends, which landed me Kittle, which landed me Andrews, which so so it's really about to me figuring out what is going to be the best allocation of these picks. And then you don't wait too long on the running backs. So you have a window of a couple of years or three years where you're, you're really good. You're a bowl of the woods team. And then you can start trading those running backs for picks and young proven wide receivers again, and start it over. And when you're, when your wide receivers get older, and still productive, you start trading them for picks to teams that are complete. Like it's it's just a cycle. But you ought to like I can recycle my team in two years, three years, two years should be like the 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 game. But all right, I, I was going to say one more question, but I got another one after this. So, um, what about if you're in a league? You didn't start up that way. You're in a league and it's, I don't know, 0.5. It, it's, it's half and a half. It's neither one nor the other. How, how do I implement any of that if I'm not starting from the startup draft? What do I look at my team to try and do? Then I'm probably, again, I'm, this is one of those where I'm probably trying to uh, package players where if I've got two guys who are worth second round picks, mm-hmm. I'm starting to go, okay, I'm gonna, I want a 23 second and a 24 first. And so that's that's what I'll do and I'll and I'll try to package even those if players. it's not your targeted class. Though. Even if it's not my targeted class because those picks are going to are going to gain value. I'm not going to make those picks. The idea is uh, value is not going anyway. The idea is those those have sustainable value. So if I trade for say I trade for Rashad Bateman and mm-hmm. the next 6 weeks he gets two targets and Devin Duvernay gets eight targets. Every single week, Rashad Bateman's value goes away. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it just does. But if I have that 24 first, I know that the value is going to go down when we get to the 23 class. And then as the season progresses, the value is going to go up. And when we get to the 24 draft, the value is going to be, uh, you know, and I can, and I can make trades for players that, that I I want, or I can make picks. Like you, you just have the fluidity, but you also have the the sustained value. So that's that's the first thing that I would do, mm-hmm. is especially because a lot of people don't, and I'm I'm guilty of this. A lot of people don't value second round picks in season, and so you can get that second, you can get that first for two players who are worth seconds. You can get that from competitive teams for players who are scoring you points so and you do two things so you're gaining that that future value that trade value that that dream on picks value that doesn't go away it's 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 pretty static as far as uh, a, a stable asset but you also make your team worse in this season which gains you value in your first round pick 
So not only do you gain value future, but you also gain value in this next. So like, that's what I'm trying to do is figure out where the most stable assets are in terms of value that I can get. And I'm going to start there. And then once I have that accrued value, I'm going to start trying to attack and, and get some young proven wide receivers and start my cycle. But but you have to get to the point. For me, I want wide receivers. I want three or four really good young wide receivers. And once I have that, I can I can build. And not everybody builds that way. There are a lot of people who build with running backs, and that's that's fine. You you may be able to acquire those point scores because everybody wants to tank for the 23 class. Everybody wants a shot at Bijan Robinson, you know? Tank for Tua, man. And <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on again, Zach, especially short notice. Um, everyone, you can check out Zach at Tacit Assassin 13. That's Tacit Assassin 13, not a 14-year-old boy's handle, Tactical <laughs> Assassin 14, um, which it would have been if you were. Uh, I, all, I actually made that mistake the first time I met you. I was like, oh, God, how old is this guy? Like 13? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you can check him out in the Dynasty Grind every week, 9.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? That's when we go. Uh, on Wednesday nights, and uh, in fact, we got to go do that in like uh, a few minutes, so we're gonna have to leave it there for tonight. I really appreciate it, Zach. Um, anywhere else they can find you or check you out? I mean, I, I, I am a, a dynasty dummy, occasionally, we do that. The DFPN at work, the only at work in town. I swear, we're gonna do another show, and it's gonna be great because J Mike is just unbelievable. Uh, but Peter, I, I'm really excited to go talk to you for another like two and a half, three hours. On you though, you can tell by the look <laughs> in your face. <laughs> Appreciate it, thank you. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So Jake on the table and Nate on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.